Let's go to the Lord again in prayer. <clears throat> Our gracious Heavenly Father, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We thank You for giving us day by day our daily bread. We thank You for the forgiveness of sins that is found in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. We thank You for the access that we have to come to You through the mediation of the Lord Jesus Christ. <coughs> that we can come boldly, though not brazenly, to the throne of grace. We thank You for preserving Your Word. We know that there are many enemies of the Gospel there are many enemies to the truth of the Scriptures. And we do find that more and more through the modern translations of the Holy Scriptures, a removal of the truths and a compromise with the world. We thank You that the Word of the Lord endures forever. Though men may try to compromise it, destroy it, get rid of it, root it out. You will see to it that it stands even unto the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Give us wisdom and understanding as we read it that we might earnestly contend for the faith that we might be blessed to share it with others whose heart that you have opened to receive the Word. We know that unless the heart is open, none will receive it. We're reminded of thy Word that tells us that those who crucified the Lord of glory, if they had knew, known who it was, they would not have crucified Him. But they did not know. We're even reminded where the Lord said that if miracles and your works were done in certain cities, they would have repented in sackcloth, but you did not send your word to them. We also read that in the day of judgment, it will be more tolerable for the people of Sodom and Gomorrah than those who have rejected the truth of the gospel. We don't understand how all of that works out other than there will be degrees of the punishment of the wicked in hell. Though we cannot comprehend how someone 
that is cast into the lake of fire, how that some would be tormented more than others. Nevertheless, thy word is true. You do speak of some that will, will receive the greater damnation. But help us, our God, have mercy upon us, open our eyes and bless us to be able to see. Help us as we continue to work through this little epistle that is so profound and so soul-searching as any of thy word is. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. We come back to 1 John chapter 4. <clears throat> and for the last uh, four or five messages, I believe it's four, we're still in verse 1. And as I said before, I'll reiterate the fact that uh, we're going to uh, spend quite a bit of time on this because uh, notice that it says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. And as we have mentioned before, we say it again, notice he didn't say ministers try the spirits. He didn't say preachers try the spirits. He didn't say teachers try the spirits. He says, Beloved, it is the children of God you who are hearing what's being said, you are to be so equipped in the Word of God that you can determine scripturally, not by what you think, but by what the Bible says, whether a preacher or a teacher or a pastor or a leader, whether he is of God or not. And I'm persuaded, I'd be, say, conservative 90%, but I wouldn't be afraid to say at least 95% of professing Christians cannot do this. They're not equipped enough to know whether a man is <clears throat> really genuine or not. And I gave the illustration uh, or, well, I mentioned not an illustration. It was uh, something that actually happened uh, two or three weeks ago where a preacher got up and preached uh, heresy. And then uh, later on, another preacher preached the truth uh, of the situation. And people that heard both sermons talked about how good both sermons were. In other words, they couldn't distinguish truth from error. And that's sad. That's sad. You, we've got a lot of religion. We've got a lot of entertainment. But we have very little instruction into the Word of God. And we've been looking at quite a few verses of Scriptures with regard to the fact that when he talks about believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, that what it is here, what a spirit is, is a person. We don't, we don't even see the Holy Spirit. We, don't, we can't see a spirit. You know, the, you have this idea of, of uh, ghosts and things of that nature. Well, we don't see that. 
And we don't see angels unless they manifest themselves unto us. And uh, they did in the Old Testament and did some in the New Testament. But for the, uh, since we have the complete Word of God, we don't need angels. We don't need miracles. We have the complete Word of God. There, there be no more revelation other than when the Lord Jesus returns. We've got something written down in black and white. And if you can read, you can understand what's being said. You might not understand the truth of it, but you can understand what's being said. In other words, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That tells us what happened. Tells us what God did. You say, well, how did He do it? It doesn't tell us that. We don't know how He did it. We just know He did it. And so, there's a lot of things like this about the Scriptures. But we, each time, I think I've done it each time. I'm going to do it again today. I'm going to read the passage that we have started with with this. That's in Deuteronomy chapter 13. Deuteronomy 13. And we have built all these other passages showing that they are in line with what God told Israel in Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 13, 1. If there arise among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams and giveth thee a sign or a wonder and the sign or the wonder come to pass. Now notice, it didn't say that here's a false prophet that they say things that don't happen. Here it is that they say things and it does happen. But notice what he says. Whereof he spake unto thee, saying, Let us go after other gods, which thou hast not known, and let us serve them. So how is it that Israel knew who the true God was? How is it that they knew Jehovah apart from Baal? The only way they could know is what God said in His Word. It's not by somebody just sitting around and thinking, well, I believe this. Well, I believe that. I think this. I feel that it's this way. Notice what does God say? What does God say? And that's what we're to do. What does God say? Where, where, where is it that God speaks to us? In His Word. In His Word. In other words, you have to read and study the Word and believe what the Word says. And you're to listen to what I say. And if what I say is not in accordance with the Word, then you disregard that. Or as I've said before, throw me out on my ears. It's what the Word of God says, not what you think, but what it says. That's what we have to do. That's the reason you've got to know what the Bible says, and you've got to know what the Bible says about a preacher. And so on. But anyway, let's keep reading. Verse 2 again. And the sign or the wonder come to pass whereof he spake unto thee, saying, Let us go after other gods which thou hast not known. And let us serve them. 
Thou shalt not hearken unto the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams. For the Lord your God proveth you to know whether ye love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. And ye shall walk after the Lord your God. Now notice this. And fear Him and keep His commandments and obey His voice. And ye shall serve Him and cleave unto Him. And that prophet or that dreamer of dreams shall be put to death because he hath spoken to turn you away from the Lord your God which brought you out of the land of Egypt and redeemed you out of the house of bondage to thrust thee out of the way which the Lord thy God commanded thee to walk in. So shall thou put the evil away from the midst of thee. Well, we don't, uh, we're not under a theocracy today and so we can't kill them but we can cast them out of our synagogue or out of our congregations and so like I said we looked at uh, for about four sermons so far we looked at a lot of verses to show that the spirit that's talking about in chapter 4 verse 1 is talking about one who professes to be a minister or a prophet of God. And of course, this verse goes on to say, and calls these spirits false prophets. That there are evil prophets, since we're uh, looking in the Old Testament, Look in Leviticus. We were looking at prophets in the Old Testament as well as the New. Leviticus chapter 19. You remember, uh, I don't think we've uh, have it. In, well, we, we looked at it before, but you remember in Galatians chapter 1, Paul said there's only one gospel. So, the, the, there can only be one. Only one gospel. And Paul basically was saying what Deuteronomy 13 said, if anybody comes along preaching something different than what he had already preached to those Galatians, he said, let them be accursed. Let them be in danger of going to hell. And he said, if I come along and preach something different than what I've already preached, let him, go, let him be accursed. But in Leviticus chapter 19... Verse 31, God said, Regard not them that have familiar spirits, neither seek after wizards to be defiled by them. I am the Lord your God. So there are people that come along that have false, they are of false spirits. Obviously, if we didn't have any other passage but this, though there are plenty others that we could go to, obviously no Christian is going to be uh, reading the, the horoscope. Nor are they going to be playing with Ouija boards and things of that nature. I'm not going to, I'm pausing because a lot of these uh, video games and uh, extraterrestrial movies and things of that nature, as far as I'm concerned, they all all be burned and cast into 
uh, a pit somewhere. It doesn't do anything for honoring God. But I'll try to re refrain myself from chasing that rabbit. 20th chapter of Leviticus. Verse 6. And the soul that turneth after such as have familiar spirits and after wizards to go a-whoring after them, I will even set my face against that soul and will cut him off from among his people. Drop down to verse 27. A man also or woman that hath a familiar spirit or that is a wizard shall surely be put to death. They shall stone them with stones. Their blood shall be upon them. That's not barbaric. That's not barbaric. That was God's ordained punishment to stone such. And people that practice such things as that, as far as God is concerned, of course, we can't do that, but as far as God is concerned, they ought to be stoned to death. They ought to be killed. But what do we do? We're in a society now that we, uh, we legalize murder and justify perversions and all sorts of wicked abominations. That's where we are as a society. And that's where most, uh, many so-called uh, Christians practice those things. So is, is, it, is it not any wonder that they, they can't even uh, discern a false prophet from a true one? Deuteronomy 18. Deuteronomy 18. You know, some people will say, well, that's Old Testament. Well, uh, it may be Old Testament, but what does the New Testament say about it? It says the things that were written aforetime were written for our learning. We need to learn from these things. This is still God's Word. The principle is still the same. Deuteronomy 18. Verse 10. There shall not be found among you any that maketh his son or his daughter to pass through the fire, or that useth divination, or an observer of times, or an enchanter, or a witch, or a charmer, or a consulter with familiar spirits, or a wizard, or a necromancer. For all that do these things are an abomination unto the Lord. Because of these abominations, the Lord thy God doth drive them out from before thee. We have people today that uh, claim to be worshipers of Satan. We have people that claim to be witches and wizards that say that they're doing God's work. If they are, I'm not. I can't, you know, both of us may be wrong, but both of us are not right. Logic tells that. First Samuel. First Samuel, chapter twenty-eight.
Verse 3. Now Samuel was dead. And all Israel had lamented him and buried him in Ramah, even in his own city. And Saul had put away those that had familiar spirits and the wizards out of the land. And the Philistines gathered themselves together and came and pitched in Shum. And Saul gathered all Israel together and they pitched in Mount Gilboa. And when Saul saw uh, the host of the Philistines, he was afraid and his heart greatly trembled. And when Saul inquired of the Lord, the Lord answered him not, neither by dreams nor by Urim nor by prophets. Then said Saul unto his servant, Seek me a woman that hath a familiar spirit, that I may go to her and inquire of her. And his servant said unto him, Behold, there is a woman that hath a familiar spirit at Endor. And Saul disguised himself and put on other raiment. And he went and two men with him, and they came to the woman by night. And he said, I pray thee, divine unto me by the familiar spirit, and bring me him up whom I shall name unto thee. And the woman said unto him, Behold, thou knowest what Saul hath done, how he hath cut off those that have familiar spirits and the wizards out of the land. Wherefore then layest thou a snare for my life to cause me to die? And Saul sware to her by the Lord, saying, As the Lord liveth, there shall no punishment happen to thee for this thing. In other words, you've got this familiar spirit. While I'm at it, I'll go ahead and uh, uh, try to cover uh, something that uh, people may wonder about. And so, uh, then said the woman, "Whom shall I bring up unto thee?" And he said unto, and he said, "Bring me up Samuel." And when the woman saw Samuel, she cried with a loud voice. And the woman spake to Saul, saying, Why hast thou deceived me? For thou art Saul. For time's sake, drop down to verse 15. And Samuel said to Saul, Now Samuel was dead, but yet he was brought back. I think that uh, the witch was just a surprise. I don't think she had necessarily the power to raise Samuel, but Samuel did. God did send Samuel back to Saul. But the point is. The point that I'm trying to make that there are people that are evil prophets, whether it's male or female, that cannot be denied. And when Samuel, the last time he had talked to Saul when he was alive, I didn't write that passage down, but if you'll go back and read uh, in Samuel, you'll see it. Uh, it said that, and Samuel spoke to Saul no more until the day of Saul's death. And this is when it was. You say, well, explain that to me. Why, why would God do that that way? I don't know. He didn't tell us. But the thing that He does tell us, that there are evil spirits. There are false prophets. There are false teachers. And 1 John 4 tells us, that, and tells you, 
not just me as a preacher, but tells you to try the spirits to see whether they are of God or not. First Kings twenty two. First Kings chapter twenty two. going to see an angel. Now remember what Paul said in Galatians. He said, if anybody comes along and preaches another gospel, let him be accursed. But he also said in Galatians chapter 1, He said, But though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel. I've never seen an angel. And I dare say you haven't. But if an angel from heaven were to come along and preach a gospel that is not true, you're not to listen to the angel. You know who the you know who the only authority is? God. God is the authority. The government's not the authority. They don't have the right to tell Christians how to worship or when to worship. But in 1 Kings 22, I won't read the whole chapter. If you want to make sure that I'm telling the truth, read it this afternoon. But there was a true prophet by the name of Micaiah. He was in jail. Ahab, the king of the northern tribes of Israel, you remember in 722, that Assyria, well, you remember after the death of Solomon, that Rehoboam and Jeroboam, uh, Jeroboam uh, carried off the ten northern tribes of Israel. And Rehoboam kept the two southern tribes. And then, uh, and so Israel from that time on was considered to be the northern tribes and Judah the southern tribes. Well, Ahab was the king of Israel. And he was going to go out into battle uh, against uh, the enemy of Israel. And Jehoshaphat was visiting Ahab. Jehoshaphat was king of Judah. Now, Jehoshaphat shouldn't have even been up there. He shouldn't have been visiting Ahab, but that's another story. But Ahab asked Jehoshaphat, said, will you go into battle with me against the, the enemies of Israel? And Jehoshaphat said, yeah, I'll go with you. But is there a prophet here that will tell us what's going to take place? And uh, Ahab's prophets had already told Ahab to go up into battle and he was going to win. But Ahab said, yeah, there's one guy here by the name of Micaiah, but I don't like him because he never speaks good to me. I'm summarizing it or putting it in my language. And Jehoshaphat said, well, let's see what Micaiah has to say. So Ahab sent a servant to get Micaiah out of jail. And the servant told Micaiah, he said, now uh, Ahab's prophets have said everything's going to go good for him and uh, 
won't you say the same thing and it'll go easy for you? And Micaiah said, I can only say what God says. And so Micaiah goes down to Ahab and Micaiah says, evidently sarcastically, Go up to battle. Go and prosper, for the Lord shall deliver thee into the uh, shall deliver uh, deliver you, and you'll be victorious, and so on. And Ahab, in essence, said, "Okay, now tell me the truth." Verse 16, this is Ahab saying, tell me the truth. And the king said unto him, that is unto Micaiah, this is 2 Kings twenty-two sixteen. How many times shall I adjure thee that thou tell me nothing but that which is true in the name of the Lord? And he said, that is Micaiah said, I saw all Israel scattered upon the hills as sheep that have not a shepherd. And the Lord said, These have no master. Let them return every man to his house in peace. And the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, Did I not tell thee that he would prophesy no good concerning me but evil? And he said, that is Micaiah said, Now notice this. Here's where we want to pick this up. Hear thou therefore the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on His throne and all the host of heaven. Micaiah said, I saw the Lord and all of the angels, all the host of heaven, standing by Him on His right hand and on His left. And the Lord said, Who shall persuade Ahab that he may go up and fall at Ramoth Gilead? Now remember, Ramoth Gilead was one of the cities of refuge on the West Bank. That's where they were going to have their battle. And God said, How am I going to get Ahab to go out to fight. And there came forth a spirit, that's an angel, and stood before the Lord and said, I will persuade him. And the Lord said unto him, Wherewith? Or as we might say, How are you going to do that? And he said, I will go forth and I will be a lying spirit in the mouth of all of his prophets. And he said, Thou shalt persuade him, and prevail also, go forth and do. Now therefore, behold, the Lord hath put a lying spirit in the mouth of these thy prophets, and the Lord has spoken evil concerning thee. If a person is a false prophet, he's also a lying spirit, and he is at the... At the uh, well, he's under the influence of the devil. You see, there's only two powers. The power of God and the power of the devil. They are not equal. God has more power than the devil. And the only thing the devil does is what God allows him to do. Like what I heard one preacher say many years ago, when it's all said and done, the, the devil's going to find stamped on the bottom of his feet, made to the glory of God. <laughs> I like that. But the point that we're showing that evil prophets are evil spirits.
All right. Genesis 41. Genesis 41. These verses that we're beginning to look at are showing the spirit of prophecy. Genesis 41. Talking about... This is Pharaoh talking about Joseph after Joseph had interpreted the dreams of Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said, excuse me, uh, Genesis 41, verse 39. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, For as much as God hath showed thee all this, no, verse 38, sorry. And Pharaoh said unto his servants, Can we find such a one as this man in whom the Spirit of God is? You see, the only way that Joseph had the wisdom that he did have and was the man that he was was because of the Spirit that was in him and it was the Spirit of God. My point is this, which uh, should be obvious from all of the verses we've looked at for the past couple of Sundays, or three Sundays, I believe. But the point is this. There is a true spirit or an evil spirit behind a preacher or a teacher or a prophet or a minister or pastor, whatever you want to call him. He's either of God or not. If he's of God, then he's being led by a true spirit. So, well, how does he know he's being led by a true spirit? How can we know he's being led by trust? Does he feel something different from other people? Remember, it's what he says. In other words, is he saying the truth? Is he saying the truth of this book? That's the reason you have to know this book from Genesis to Revelation. You've got to know that doesn't mean that you'll know everything about everything that this book testifies, but you're going to know the basic doctrines of Scripture. You're going to know that God everything was created by God. You're going to know that. You're going to believe that. And if a man comes along and preaches contrary to that, he's wrong. You're going to know that God has a people that He ordained before the world was. You're going to know that for whom Christ died. You're going to know what Christ accomplished on the cross. You're going to know, you're going to know the basic doctrines of the Word of God. You may not take a course in systematic theology, but you're going to know the basic truths. You remember uh, the incident with uh, a lady that uh, y'all never did know, but you've heard me talk about her so much, you probably know who I'm going to say right now. Her name was Annie Henson. Raised poor as Job's turkey. Probably Job's turkey was... <laughs> She's poor. She's probably poorer than Job's turkey. But anyway, uh, she after she became uh, an adult, she taught herself to read and write so she could read the Bible. And I've read some of the poetry that she has written. I wish I'd kept some of it years ago or got copies of it. But anyway, that was my loss. 
And, and I've spent the night in her home and uh, she didn't have hot water except what she warm up on the stove and her bathtub was an oblong uh, galvanized uh, wash tub. It was a godly place. So, if you were to ask her to define some doctrines of theology, she probably wouldn't know what you were talking about. But some Jehovah's Witness came by one day, was talking to her and said, can we talk to you about, about God? She said, it depends on what you have to say. And they talked for a little bit. Finally, she said, you've said enough and shut the door. In other words, she knew enough about the Scriptures to know whether what they were saying was true or wrong. She's supposed to know the Word of God. And the reason she knew that was not because of some inner feeling, because this old saint read her Bible continually. I remember seeing her Bible. It quite wore out. You know the old saying, clean Bible, dirty Christian. Dirty Bible, clean Christian. <laughs> but Joseph was a man that even Pharaoh could recognize that he had the Spirit of God in him. Spirit of God directed Joseph. Look at Numbers chapter 11. I'm just going to read the, the two verses here, but basically what it has to do with that... Well, I'll just read the two verses. 25 and 26. And the Lord came down in a cloud and spake unto him, that is, spake unto Moses... You can go back and read the context this afternoon or later. And took the Spirit that was upon Him and gave it unto the seventy elders. And it came to pass that when the Spirit rested upon them, they prophesied and did not cease. But there remained two of the men in the camp. The name of the one was Eldad, and the name of the other Medad. And the Spirit rested upon them, and they were of them that were written, but went not out unto the tabernacle, and they prophesied in the camp. But the point that we're making is that the reason these people could prophesy is because the, the Spirit of the Lord rested upon them and God and God took I would say it God took some of the spirit I don't think he took all the spirit uh, away from Moses and put some of the spirit on 70 of the elders of Israel And it's very it's possible that this is where the Sanhedrin Council began. You remember the Sanhedrin Council? That's 70 of the elders of Israel that ruled over the land. 
You remember that back around 150 B.C., somewhere around there, there were 70 of the elders of Israel that translated the Old Testament Hebrew into Greek. And it's called the Septuagint. And sometimes you'll see if you're reading Bible dictionaries or something, it referring to the Septuagint as the Roman numeral 70, LXX. It's believed that this may have part to do with how that those 70 got started. But whether it's there or something else, I'll let historians and others wrestle that out. But the point that I'm making here is that the spirit of prophecy... For a true prophet, it, that spirit is given to them of the Lord. And you're to try the spirits. How do you try the spirit of the prophet? Is he teaching the truth of the Scriptures? You say, well, you've said that a hundred times. Well, I don't know whether it's a hundred. <laughs> but you've said that, and I'm going to say it a lot more. I don't know how many people out there in the internet may hear this. The people need to know it. They may only hear one of these sermons and not the others. That's the reason I repeat and give some of the scriptures we've already given before. And a one of the one person that listens to me regularly, that calls me from time to time. Uh, actually called me yesterday and said they were thankful that I was doing what I was doing. And they were glad to hear it. So that, that was an encouragement to me. <laughs> Second Samuel Chapter 23. Start at verse 1. Now these be the last words of David. David, the son of Jesse, said... And the man who was raised up on high, the anointed of the God of Jacob, and the sweet psalmist of Israel said, now notice this, The Spirit of the Lord spake by me, and His word was in my tongue. The Spirit of the Lord spake by me. The Spirit of the Lord spake by me. How are we going to know if the Spirit of the Lord had spoken? Is it according to the truth of the Scriptures? The spirit of prophecy was given to God's men. Well, I've got three or four more, but for time's sake, we're going to stop now because I'll go way over if I take the, we'll take up with this this afternoon. But what I'm trying to show you that the the the, that the spirit of the prophet, whether it's a good prophet or a bad prophet, uh, if, if a prophet is good or bad, it depends on what spirit he has. But you can't see a spirit. You can't put a spirit in the test tube. But the way you try a spirit, whether it's of God or not, is it according to the book? The Word of God. Is it according to what God's Word says? Not what some uh, denomination says. Not what, one, not what a confession may say. And I believe in confessions. We subscribe to the 1643-44-1689 Baptist London Confession. We subscribe to those. But if there's anything in that confession that's not according to the Word, it's not to be believed. 
Like I said, it doesn't matter what a denomination says. It doesn't matter what a... Uh, it's, it's what does the book say. And you, beloved, you, beloved, are responsible before God to know what the book says. I cannot be... Uh, I, I cannot be a priest for you. You have to be a priest for yourself. You have to be one that knows the Scriptures for yourself. You don't just take my word for it. That's what I'm trying to say. It's not what... You, you don't just say, well, that, uh, I believe so and so. That's what Brother Jimmy said. That's making me your priest. That's making me your go-between before God. If what does the Bible say? What does the Bible say? You don't believe it because I said it. Now, I believe what I say is true, or I wouldn't say it. And you may have confidence in me. And you may have confidence in, in, in your minister or other ministers. But it's what? The Bible says. Try what the man says by what the Bible says. I'm I'm saying to you that I am under your scrutiny and I ought to be. I ought to be. I'm not one that sits up here uh, on some uh, throne and 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 rules over you in that sense. The only way I can rule over you is by saying what the Bible says. But I'm sad. I'm afraid that uh, many so-called Baptists, that men in the pulpit, they want to try to rule it over the people of God and say, "You do what I say," or they have a group of elders. And you do what the, you do what the elders say. No, the leader is subject to the people. We are subject to you. You're not subject to us. The authority is in the congregation of God. The authority is in the congregation. You are to know. You. I'm just. I'm challenging you. Some of you say, well, uh, I'm just too old to learn. No, you're not. Doesn't matter if you've got a birthday today. You're not too old to learn. Now, I realize the older we get, it's not as easy to learn as it, it was when our minds were younger. But you can still learn. You can still memorize. You can still... Figure it out and read. Anyway, let's pray. Holy Father, I do pray that those who hear will realize that I'm not intending to browbeat them or anything of that nature, but to encourage them. to know Your Word for themselves, to know You. There'll be a whole lot when we die that we don't know. But help us, God, that when we die, that what it is we don't know, that it won't be because we haven't tried to learn something. And this doesn't mean that everybody will know everything, nor will everybody all know the same thing. Where one saint may be strong in one area, another may be strong in a different area, and that there be a diversity among the congregation of the Lord. 
but help, help us to keep the right balance that we may honor and glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen.